Hello and welcome to Storyal Stories, LCF's object-based podcast in which I, Susanna Cordner, invite in a guest who works in or with fashion and ask them to bring in an item from their work or from their wardrobe. That object then forms the basis of a part of our conversation. In this series, we're celebrating the work of some of our Class of 21 graduating students. So our interviews for this part of the series are going to be looking at their final projects and celebrating what's to come. For this episode, I'm joined by Kira Lanzetta. Thank you so much for joining me. Hiya, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you and to hear more about your brilliant final project. But to set the scene, perhaps you could first kind of introduce yourself on your studies. So a good place to start might be to say what you what course you've studied on and why, please. Hi, yeah, I'm Chiara Lanzetta and um, I've been studying on the Costume for Performance BA for the past three years. And what inspired that course course choice? I, I love that course. I, in another life, I would have wanted to study it myself. What drew you to it? Yeah, so prior to that course, I was also at LCF on a one-year fashion foundation. And so through that, for the entirety of that, I was a bit, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to study. And I'd always kind of had an interest in fashion history. So it kind of came to the end of, end of that course. And I was thinking, I was like, well, the reason why I've gotten into fashion is because I've loved fashion history. and um, you know, the way that I can explore that is through costume design. So yeah, luckily I had that <laughs> had that moment and um, that led me to that course. So yeah. So it's the idea of having that wider lens on, on looking into past histories through your contemporary practice. Yes. And be able to continue to, to learn through your practice, perhaps. That's so interesting. Um, and I think we'll actually end up feeding into your final project as well. But as a fellow fashion history lover, I'm really interested to hear that. What did your course entail? Were there any particular highlights or maybe building on that theme of fashion history? Do you feel like you did get to delve into and build on that interest? Yeah, definitely. Um, Luckily, I I think I basically was able to incorporate fashion history into most all of my projects. Luckily, the course did bring that in quite a bit. So in our second year, we did a 18th century menswear tailoring project, which was I really enjoyed um, kind of doing all of the research into that and a lot of the research. I mean, we did 1950s and uh, 1850s bodices prior to that. And so, you know, we could build up these bits of research. Look at these historical examples and and learn from and almost like reenact them in your own. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. So it's, you know, going into archives. um, I use the Met archives quite often. And so it was going into those and looking at small details on um, different garments and then incorporating that into, we had kind of free reign within a time period (laughs) to create what we wanted. So yeah, it was bringing those small elements in and being able to be creative within the constraints of a time period, but also, you know, finding small little details within that that I found interesting so definitely I can I can really relate to that of the excitement of you know for instance you gave the example of working with the map collections and things but when you're looking at the real thing like the fashion project and you can you notice something that you would never learn about from a photograph yeah imagine I always love working with our students because I definitely come from a kind of social history perspective but you know with your practice based connections you'll be able to almost have x-ray vision and those details will be maybe about construction or the practice and techniques that went into making it yeah Um, must be really satisfying to make discoveries like that yeah I think looking in the inside of garments is also special because you get to see all the kind of technical elements and a lot of historical I mean historical garments are handmade really so being able to see people actually you know 
hand stitching down the the hem or something and even going into secondhand stores and being able to find garments that were handmade I think that's always so much more special (laughs) so yeah being able to see the inside and seeing you know all of the time that went into these garments definitely praise to the time and expertise (laughs) handmaking also I really like your point that that's something that can happen that connection can take place in an archive or a museum but it can also take place in a charity shop or Mm -hmm. borrowing from a family member's wardrobe or yeah a thrift or vintage store I think we can bring that in by yeah finding those existing examples in maybe less heralded context perhaps yeah yeah, (laughs) and then maybe within your own practice then you can play around with that piece at home perhaps Mm -hmm. so you really sounds like you really uh, were drawn to wanted to celebrate and respect the handmade elements that you're able to notice through looking at those garments and is there any particular technique that you picked up through that or have you been hand making yourself yeah so I mean on my course I've had to make all of the garments that we've designed really and so I came into the course having some sewing knowledge and sewing skills, but we really definitely developed that quite a bit on our course. And so going back to that, the 18th century menswear project I did, we, I had done it on, the project was about this 18th century surgeon, John Hunter. And so I had focused on his childhood that was surrounded by wildlife. And um, I ended up (laughs) hand embroidering and hand um, sewing these tiny bugs a bunch of them, beating all of them, little bits of wire. So I have a bunch of these little dragonflies and butterflies and bees that <laughs> I then sewn on, uh, sewed onto the final garment. So that was painstaking, but it was, I really enjoyed the final result. So yeah, I think it, during that, uh, on my course, there was a lot of handmaking and craft, I guess, that, could, that went into it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine particularly with costume, you end up having a real breadth of experience in terms of the practice and techniques that you might be putting your hand and your expertise to, whether that is, as you say, like the painstaking beading embroidery, or it could be, yeah, more garment technology or the piece the piece as a whole. Um, so you're really seeing it through. And again, it was really beautiful there hearing about the kind of narrative and narrative research that goes into the piece that you're producing. Um, I think that's fascinating to be able to build beyond that history. So how did that work perhaps feed into your final project? I think wait, there's a few elements you've mentioned that I'm anticipating kind of the scene for this. Yeah, so my final project ended up being a fashion film and I had made two garments, a pink and a blue one for that. And so, yeah, it was really three years in the making, I guess. That was kind of created through learning different techniques Um and different skills in the past three years and different crafts, I guess. So let's see, there was a bit of millinery that went into that. that. There was some wearable technology. There were lights on it. There was a bit of corsetry, embroidery. So there was a lot that kind of went into that and also kind of my interest in fashion history because I had brought in 1960s space age inspirations to kind of guide the aesthetic portion of of my project. So, so many strands already to touch on, both in terms of the inspiration and narratives, but also, as you say, very specifically, groupings of, of practices, never mind individual techniques that feed into the work. So I think this is a good chance to elucidate and focus on that a little bit more and talk about your object choice, which is your final project. So we can hear more about it now. 
perhaps you could you kind of uh, set the scene perfectly there for the fact that it was pulling on those uh, elements from 1960s space age fashion but perhaps you could outline and introduce it more specifically please what was your project yeah. about? <laughs> so my final project that I titled Nebulae in May was inspired by images produced by the Hubble telescope and also bringing the aesthetics of the 1960s space age and yeah, as I said previously, the work consisted of two dresses, very sculptural <laughs> dresses that were pink and blue. And yeah, so I think the I created kind of these three-dimensional textiles that were based off of the two-dimensional images that the Hubble telescope takes of um, specifically nebulas. So yeah, I can go a bit into kind of how I came up with that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like. I think... What, what just to pause on that though I, I really like the idea of take it going from 2d image into a 3d textile and also considering garment or costume as as 3d textile in in action mm -hmm. were you conscious that's almost like a scientific reproduction that you're you're taking an image of something that is 3d <laughs> and returning it to its 3d state but in a completely different format and function yeah um, so what experience like yeah, that was that was the thing. I had my my dad's an astrophysicist, so I had grown up with these images kind of all around me when I was little. My family ran a small printing company that printed these images onto calendars and stuff like that. So I'd always help him pick out images to use in the calendar as the front page, and he'd always let me pick the image for my birth month May. And so these were always the most colorful images, and so thinking about, oh, what am I going to do for my final project? It kind of dawned on me, you know, the things that we don't really see walking around every day, the things that are kind of <laughs> past our atmosphere. And yeah, so it was thinking about space and yeah, exactly like what you said, the images that the Hubble have taken are these massive gaseous space clouds that we never think about. And so it was taking that, obviously these massive three-dimensional displays of color really and then photographing that and then putting it onto kind of something that somebody can wear something very small in comparison but hopefully bringing out these textures in a in a small way <laughs> but that yeah. can be kind of seen and reflected in the images that the Hubble takes. <laughs> Definitely. So there's a few kind of elements of that that are almost about transformational translation. So it sounds like you're really interested in taking, you know, <laughs> images can be misleading in terms of scale almost. So it was about taking something really, really large and making it engageable, digestible, perhaps. And yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then also this, you know, there was a lot of passion coming through the way you speak about the idea of colour. So I think, was it also just almost like a sensory engagement as well, that you're really excited by the colours of these images? Yeah, I think I had gone through all of the old calendars that my family had put out. And so I'd looked at all of the images for May and I'd, I was like six years old picking these images out. I'd always choose the most colorful, you know, these rainbow nebulas and these pink nebulas and these <laughs> blue nebulas. And so I really wanted to kind of go back to that because the reason why I was drawing to them is because they're colorful and the beautiful patterns that the stars make look, ex you know, exactly. I can reproduce that using little LED lights and some beading. And so, yeah, bringing kind of small elements into these really large scale things and and kind of mimicking or recreating a form of that sensory experience that you got at the site of these images and making that wearable um it's really really exciting and there's a, a kind of 
more touching personal element to that as well that it's relating to your family history and to your father and to you know these absolutely brilliant I'm sure bright choices for the making they shoots on the calendar and um, you're almost pulling on your own family archive um, mm-hmm. to inform this piece of work so is it also a family tribute in a way yeah yeah I think so I think you know it's just lived experience isn't it but yeah I, I had to text my grandma to have her go into her basement to get all of these old calendars to send me the photos. And then my dad had to go back into whatever archives he had. And it, I, I did um, interview him about, you know, to get a bit more of a scientific background <laughs> into what I was actually doing. So the beginning of my research was an interview with him talking about, you know, his work and the printing company that we used to have and, you know, what he's working on now and just stuff like that. So it was really fun. I think it was nice to bring in kind of these elements from, you know, when I was little and incorporating them into my final project. Yeah, definitely. Like that's such a mainstay to go from this childhood familial reference point into your final project and this being a defining feature for your your practice and career ahead. But also this, I don't know, there's something about the merging of your professional practice and your father's through that interview and mm-hmm. that reference point. It's really, really fascinating. I'm, I'm personally daunted by, but really interested in the interconnections between science and fashion or tech mm-hmm. and fashion, straight from things like, you know, pattern cutters or engineers through to things where it's, as you said, wearable tech and the mm-hmm. relationship to the body and to other forms of um, emerging technology and, and opportunity. You spoke before about how a draw for your course and something you particularly enjoyed was learning about past practices mm-hmm. and looking at those 18th and 19th century garments and learning from them but it sounds like you had to be also look ahead <laughs> in this well, well it was still you know it's still reflective it's still looking back to the 1960s but perhaps through things like the light elements of your piece was that looking ahead to future practices yeah I did want to incorporate that it kind of came up as an option to we have a, a, a tutor this year that we didn't really previously have and it, to in, incorporate wearable technology into our projects and it kind of fit perfectly <laughs> And so I think costume is maybe looking a bit forward in that direction. So I did want to do a little bit with that and kind of dip my foot in the water to see what would what would come of it. And so luckily, my brother is a brilliant coder. <laughs> so I was able to get him on board to do all the coding for the lights. So they all kind of twinkled at their own pace at different times. And there are a few different sets of lights and they all had to go off at different times. So Yeah, I guess in that sense, it was a bit of a family (laughs) thing in the end. But yeah, so it it was good to be able to incorporate some wearable technology elements and, you know, looking into the future about what that was. And it'd be interesting to know what space age designers would would have done with (laughs) the current technology. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just to set some of those 60s designers loose and what we can do today. But you're taking that practice forward. So you highlighted there as well, not only this relationship between science tech, but a further layer of connection to your family through the, your brother's excellent coding. But I was really conscious when I watched your film of of other layers of collaboration um, in terms of the production of it, the performance, but also the music behind it. Um, How did you find that collaborative process and how did you put your team together? Yeah, it was great. (laughs) For the filming bit of it, uh, that was all my amazing group of friends (laughs) because, I mean, all of this was done during lockdown. We couldn't easily get studios. We couldn't easily get spaces to work. We couldn't easily get models or film crews. So we were each other's film crews and models. So we basically ended up 
going around to each other's flats, creating these, you know, backdrops and these filming sets that, you know, I mean, we couldn't, didn't have a ton to do in the space, but we did what we could. And so, yeah, we all just kind of had to take on these roles, like, right, okay, now you're doing lighting and you're doing camera. So kind of bringing that all together was a lot of fun. It was a learning curve for a lot of us, but um, I think we're all pretty proud of how that turned out. And the music actually was from a friend from high school who I haven't talked to in about like two years. And so I texted him and was like, hey, don't know if this is possible, but please, can you help me with this project? And he was like, yeah, no problem. He sent me over a few tracks of things that he had previously done. And I was like, wow, those are actually perfect. (laughs) So um, I had him kind of expand upon um, one of them that I ended up really liking. And that ended up being a ton of fun. I had sent him just in my uh, layman's terms. I was like, right, I really like this part of this video and, you know, this sound from here. And I really like this noise that it makes. Can you like recreate this noise? And so he's like, yeah, no problem. Sent that over. Cool. What about more of this? Yeah, cool. So yeah, that ended up being a lot of fun. And I think it really does make the the final video. I couldn't have done it without him really. But again, I really like that way of, of evolving something with someone mm-hmm. that there was this, this existing connection that ended up having such a vital part in how your project evolved. But it was also this, it, it was a back and forth. It was mutually mm-hmm. creative. And something that's really coming through through the way that you describe the project is this sense of connection through the creativity, whether mm-hmm. that's with your family or your friend from high school or with the team that you set up with in London. I think I, I won't make light at all of the circumstances in which you've had to create this project and I know that they must have been incredibly trying and yeah not the circumstances in which you imagined building this project it is really interesting to hear the creativity that you were able to pull upon and really the community you were able to create with your collaborators under those circumstances and I think you should all be incredibly proud. Yeah it was great and the thing is that I was negotiating this with I'm from New York originally so I was negotiating this with my dad back home in that time zone and then my brother lives in Seattle, so it's like eight hours eight hours behind. So it was, yeah, kind of collaborating at very random times. My brother was like, I don't know, eight o'clock at night <laughs> and um, staying up for a few hours to do the code. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, it was finding creative uh, creativity in very different times <laughs> than I guess what we had uh, expected. Definitely, literally, as well as kind of metaphorically and socially. Do you think that will aid you if you do any international collaborations in the future? Or I don't know, is there anything that you've learned from that process about building teams or pulling on resource and connection around the world from different pools? Yeah, I think it is. uh, It highlights how possible it can be. It's a bit awkward sometimes in the timing and takes a bit more organization than I guess you otherwise would have. But I think it's really opened up how easy it can be to hop on a Zoom call or hop on a FaceTime and be able to arrange these things, even being halfway across the world, whereas otherwise it's kind of you need to be there in person. So, yeah, I think that that'll be interesting moving forward to kind of see how these things connect and how doable they can become. And what you can each learn from each other, as well as having kind of creative control and independence over your impulsion of a project, perhaps. Mm -hmm. 
Ah, that was absolutely fascinating. It's so interesting to hear about your project in more detail. As I said, I, I really loved it as a work in itself, but it's so interesting to hear about those different threads that feed into it behind. Thinking ahead now, perhaps, first of all, congratulations <laughs> on graduating and a fantastic final project. Here's the ominous question you might be dreading, but what comes next? What are you hoping for in your next step? Yeah, so luckily I'm able to apply for a two-year graduate visa to stay here. So I'll be doing that. And I think I'm going to see where my fashion history tendencies <laughs> go. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'd really like to expand upon that. And I'd love to work in some museums or archives. And so, yeah, I'm hoping to do that for the next two years. There is a uh, master's program back in New York that I have my eyes on. <laughs> and so you need a few years experience for that. So I think I'll spend the next few years working towards that. And um, hopefully by the time it comes to apply, I will still be interested and excited about it as I have been, I guess, for the past few years. So that's the, the current plan. I have a few jobs lined up that are in costume making. So yeah, I'll be doing those and um, yeah, see how that goes and kind of feel out the industry and that's the current plan. Congratulations on the jobs that are lined up and for the ways in which you're exploring how your practice might evolve and emerge. And uh, yeah, I, I reckon you will be still interested in years. <laughs> those future reflections on fashion history are going to keep keep on coming, which is really, really <laughs> exciting. This is maybe more uh, kind of generally looking at your more maybe personal relationship that's come through your studies. So I'm always interested in how our students relate to their own wardrobes and their own clothing. Uh, do you think your own relationship to fashion and clothes has changed during your studies? And if so, in what way? Yeah, definitely. I mean, moving from, I mean, moving across the world, across an ocean has, I think, changed a lot in my perspectives. And yeah, I. I think I dress very differently from when I came over here uh, four years ago in a good way. I like to wear a lot of color and bold statements. And yeah, I, I definitely wear very outgoing things that I would not have worn four years ago. And yeah, I, I do like to incorporate interesting pieces into my wardrobe, I guess. Per personal joy through clothing sounds really, really positive. <laughs> you think that's from your growing appreciation through your practice and studies of, of what's going into a garment? Or do you think that's a reflection of the community around you and your studies in London? What's brought that colour into your life? I think both. I've definitely learned more technical skills. So now I'm able to make things that I never really would have been able to make before. So I can make wacky things <laughs> and wear them. I've just made my graduation robes. My friends and I are having a fake graduation and it's this pink organza fabric and it's all pleated and ruffled and <laughs> just, you know, nothing I would have really thought of beforehand, but I'm very excited to wear it. So it's, I think, being able to make these things, but also just the people that I have around me and, you know, being, I guess, accepted uh, in wearing weird, wacky kinds of things. If I want to, sometimes I just want to, you know, dressed down a bit but yeah I think definitely my friends are a bit uh, more outgoing so I think they encourage me to yeah wear what I want and uh, be a bit more interesting with my wardrobe and layering there are so many layering options <laughs> so yeah I think I definitely do enjoy dressing up and being able to create wardrobes and I think that also plays into creating how you might feel for a day 
So, yeah. I really like that, the creation of, of feeling as well as of garments and of a wardrobe um, and the freedom in a, being able to produce your own items and put them exactly where you want them to go. Your your graduation gown sounds absolutely glorious. I hope you have a wonderful time. <laughs> Thank you. And that's to conclude, what do you think your lasting memory of your final project or if you want to take it more widely, your studies at LCF will be? I think that will probably mostly be the friends that I've made. (laughs) They've all been great and supportive. Everything from helping me film my final project. We have a little little dance party at the end to to the song. I think those will be the things that I remember most and take with me and all of the really great tutors and people that I've had along along with me. And I've, I've loved making all of the fun things, but I think mostly I've loved making the <laughs> friendships that I have along the way. Fantastic. So here's to those continuing and that creativity and dance parties. <laughs> um, and congratulations once again on your thank fantastic you. final project and on graduating. Thank you also for joining me and thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm.